everyone, and welcome back to Talking League, your weekly NRL fantasy podcast. Welcome to another one of our season previews. In this one, we're going to be covering the Broncos. My name is Jason. I'll be your host, and I'm joined by Shooter. Shooter, how are you traveling, bro? I am good. It's a nice uh, Monday morning here in New Zealand, so I'm fairly happy. Off work. Can't beat that. Yeah, it's looking not too bad in Brisbane today, and maybe that might be an indicator of how the Broncos are going to go this season. So in this episode, we're going to cover the studs, studs, cashies, and breakout slash bounce backs uh, for the Broncos in the 2024 season. But of course, before we start, be sure to join in the fun on social media. We are Talking League Pod on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as Talking League One on Twitter or X, depending on how you prefer it. Of course, you can find all our information at TalkingLeaguePod.com. Right, sure, let's dig into the Broncos. Of course, finished second on the ladder. And we're just minutes away from winning the Premiership, if it wasn't for New South Wales hero Nathan Cleary. Uh, 2024 gains, they've picked up Fletcher Baker from the Roosters, Jaden Hunt from the Dragons. 2024 losses, Kirby Farnworth and Tom Flegler have headed north to the Dolphins. Logan Bayless is unsigned, and of course, Kirk Capewell is headed to your Wars. Round their buys, buys in round 13, so a major buy round. 16, also a major buy round in 24, which is a standalone. Their first six rounds are Roosters in Vegas, Bunnies at Suncorp, Panthers away, Cowboys at home, Storm down to Victoria, and then they play the Dolphins at Suncorp. And this year, Shooter, they play 16 matches in Queensland. It seems to be probably the lowest it's been for them in the last few years. Do you think that might see a little bit of regression along with the uh, big losses? No, I don't, I don't think they'll regress too much. Lot, lots of people are going with the narrative because I've lost uh, Fledgler, Capewell, etc. That they're going to go backwards at a heavy rate, but I don't see it happening. Sixteen still a fair amount to play in Queensland, and I just don't. I don't see them regressing too much. I, I still think they'll be one of the favourites for the premiership. You got to you got to lose one to win one, don't you? So yeah, apparently you do. So, but as a South Fed, and we were there there about five <laughs> years, and they didn't make the eight last yeah. year. So <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. I think the thing for me with the Broncos is that yeah, obviously last year they finished second, but the year before they were looking really good till they had that slide after Carrigan got suspended. So I think they're going to be very much in the mix. Uh, they're back on the bounce as opposed to in those sort of COVID ball years when they were getting pumped every second week. So it'd be really interesting to see how they go. But we'll tuck in now into our studs. How good is this bloke? Payne Haas, 8-8-E-K, break-even of 64. It's going to be a really interesting uh, decision here for fantasy coaches. Shooter, how do you lean on this one? The thing with Payne Haas is every year, whether the Broncos are good or not good, you're still going to get around that 60 to 65 probably average out of him, unless he has an injury, of course, or a suspension or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't see things going backwards for him at all. I, I have seen the odd narrative around pain going backwards and people not wanting to start with him because of his price and whatnot. He, he's a season-long keeper there. Uh, first major round, uh, first major buy is not till 13. It's, it's a given, I think, that you hold on to him the whole season almost. The buys are nice for the Broncos. He averages, like, he's a tackle-breaking machine, 4.9 tackle breaks last year. His run metres per game went up massively to 187.5. You're going to get the same with pain every year. So even if the Broncos do regress a little bit this year, I still see Payne Haas as a must-have, basically. So with those numbers you mentioned there, they've shot up compared to previous years. Is there some worry that they might be unsustainable? 
I don't know. Payne Haas is such a freak of an athlete and just seems to get better and better each year. Like last year, he had a whole lot of off-season drama before the season started, and people were thinking, oh, look, could this be it? But I, I don't think they are unsustainable. Maybe as he as he gets older, heading more towards the 30-plus, maybe, but he's still so young for, for a middle. I, for the next couple of years, I don't. Like they could even get better. He could hit... Like at the rate he's going, he could head towards a blinking two hundred meters per game. Yeah, he definitely could. And we know in previous years as well, even the Broncos were terrible. He was still averaging in the high sixties and he had one year where he averaged in the low seventies. Of course he was playing the best part of seventy minutes, which we don't think he'll do anymore. And one thing I do like about him though, should as you mentioned there, no bias till round thirteen, is that if we can't afford to do Hines and Cleary, when your chosen half has a buy, is it gonna be anyone else you'd rather have the captaincy on than Payne has? Uh, you're going to get probably at least 120 points off captaining him, to be fair. So he's your, probably your third best option, if, or your second best if one of those two are out. Yeah, of course, they will be out in back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, Payne asks, he'll be quite popular this year. Uh, I'm probably going to lean to take him. See some other coaches may not, but it'll be interesting to see whether they might take his half's partner, his four-pack partner in Pat Garrigan. He's 791K, break even of 58. Uh, it was really good at the start of last season and had a couple of really big games, Shooter. But do you think Pat Carrigan can go to a new level next year and maybe get into the 60s average? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if he'll get into the 60s, but he's a good chance. He's a solid player. He had a couple of games uh, at second row last year on the edge there, but he still scored well there, 59 and 68. I, I don't see him probably doing that too much this year unless... He, there are some injuries in the Broncos pack and he does need to move to the edge, but I see him playing lock. I don't see his minutes regressing too much. His minutes are pretty consistent. He was even putting in some 80-minute games there last year. There weren't too many, but he is capable of it. 157 metres per game. Um, 33 tackles. He is a beast in the middle there. He is also a good option to have in your team. Is probably a little bit on the expensive side. So if you have, if you're running the two gun halves and Cleary and Hines, and you've got Payne Haas, you're probably not going to fit him in. But maybe if you're looking at another strategy and you weren't going to go Payne Haas and you wanted like just a little bit more extra cash, Carrigan's a, a solid option to start with as well. Yeah, he's certainly quite solid. I mean, last year he was a bit underpriced and and did quite well. With that improvement, again, with Payne Haas, we saw a massive improvement compared to the year prior. Do we think with Carrigan that he might have topped out last year and might go slightly backwards, or do you think he'll still high this, hold these high standards when it comes to fantasy? Yeah, obviously, like, it is hard to tell. that They are losing some, some key players here with a bit of experience, like Kurt Capewell, et cetera, but I don't know if that is going to affect him too much. I, I would think that he would still hold around that 55 to 60 average. Uh, his his PPM is quite good, so 0.86 average last year. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see it regressing at all. At the not at the moment, anyway. Yeah, it just remains to be seen. So I think he might be a very nice option to pick up and draft if your draft league isn't playing major Byrons. Although you got to, of course, watch out for the finals, but. Player that we obviously love here at Talking League is the online himself, Reese Walsh. He's 664k break, even a 48. Now, he went to a new level last year 
uh, coming back to the Broncos shooter. Are we going to see more of the same, or do you think he can be even better? I think I think he's capable of better, being better. He he did have the odd game last year where he where he was, did not score well. Like we had the odd seven, thirty three, or twenty three. We had a consecutive rounds of twenty three and twenty eight last year against the Eels and Rabbitohs, which, to be fair, were probably uh, tough games. But I think he can be even better. He averaged forty eight point three last year. If you take away those those low scoring games, you're probably heading towards more the six or oh, mid fifties average there. He um he can only be better. He's going to be a superstar. 154 meters per game last year. Chimes in with a bit of kicking there at nearly 80 meters per game. 5.5 tackle busts. He's a huge attacking stat player, as we all know about Walshy. And if the Broncos go well. He is going to go well. The, the only issue I'd have is if the Broncos don't go well, which, like we've alluded to, could happen, he possibly won't get the attacking stats that we need from him. But I don't know. I, I, I still think he is going to be a gun player. I don't know if you'd start with him. The Most people seem to be going like a bit cheaper in the wing fullback, but he's also with that nice playing schedule with no buys till round 13. If, if you wanted to start with him, I wouldn't probably talk you out of it if that's part of your strategy. Yeah, the one thing I note with Walshie here is looking at his numbers, his errors were 2.4 per game last year. And I went to a couple of games, of course, living up here, specifically the one against the Bunnies where he had four errors. And most of those errors weren't from bad play, so to speak. It was more chancing his arm, trying to put the big pass on. And that's the thing I love watching about Reese Walsh is that he makes a mistake, like he knocks the ball on or accidental forward pass that actually gets caught up, unlike against the Warriors in the finals, <laughs> or he chucks one into the third row. He'll still keep trying to make those passes. And you know, yep. one day, you know, against the Bunnies, that, that could be two errors and those other two errors that uh, get discounted out end up being try assists or uh, line break assists. So that might be something that he might look to do. But saying that, I think we just want Walsh throwing the ball around. So... Yeah, one probably more for your draft board, you'd say, given we probably need to spend up on the centers. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. He he's a definitely a bloody good draft option. Uh, like I'm, I'm not starting too high in the wing fullback, and I, I don't know too many other people that are either in terms of price. So definitely a, a great draft option. And like you say, he's got the memory of a goldfish. So you know, like you said, throws those big looping passes. First time it'll get intercepted and a try at the other end. Second time he'll. Or tries so. Yeah, so one one to keep an eye on for uh, if he ever drops down in price a bit. But again, with that light buy, it might not be uh, for us in 2024 when it comes to Walshy. So players that definitely won't be for us are our duds. No, 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 no. We'll start with the coach's son, Billy Walters, 454k break even at 33. Now, shoot it with this one. It's probably more for our inexperienced coaches seeing Billy Walters with the starting nine. Why is he not a buy for us? He's just not a good fantasy option. He he doesn't play huge minutes for a hooker. Like what was his minute average last year? It was uh, fifty one minutes, which you don't want out of your hooker. He's he's at an awkward price. He's just an avoid. You wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't touch him in draft. I wouldn't touch him in in classic. He's just not a good fantasy hooker. Minute minutes do not help him at all. If for some reason he went to eighty minutes as a hooker or maybe he is an option but they're always going to carry 
someone like a Corey Pate or a Blake Moses on the come up. There's lots of talk about him this preseason, who could eventually steal that spot. He's just not a good fantasy hooker, basically. He's got an yeah. average. Last year he had an average. Sorry, sorry, Robert. He had an average of thirty-three points last year. It's um, not not what you want from your hooker. No, it definitely isn't. And I think another thing for coaches that might have only played for one or two years is they might think back to 2022 when Billy Walters was a base price player and he started the season quite well with a couple of nice scores and made some cash. But unfortunately, now that he's reverted back to being probably priced at what his best potential is in that mid-30s, he's just not going to be a goer. So give him a swerve. Most likely Tyson Smoothie will be on the bench like he was in the grand final, but remains to be seen. One player could potentially be that backup hook, although unlikely, is Kobe Hetherington. He is 334k, break-even of 24. Now, a nice, juicy, pricey shooter, but why is he not a radar? I don't see his role changing too much from last year. He didn't play the biggest minutes last year. He's not in that starting lock role. He averaged 24.3 points last year in 31 minutes. I just don't see that changing at all. Paddy Garrigan's a big minute. Um, thirteen there at the Broncos. So I just, again, I don't, I don't see the role changing at all. Yeah, it seems unlikely. When he's been given big minutes previously, sometimes he's let us down. So he's just probably going to be one that we just let go through to the keeper. And if he ends up making a quick hundred k, we just go, oh, well, we're we're happy to be wrong on that one. Yep. Some players that we'll be very keen on will be our cashies. Probably start with the most selected or most obvious selection based on what we can see you shoot. That's Brennan Piedgura, uh, the edge back row. He's 399k, break even of 29. And why is he so popular? There's been big rats on Brendan Piedgura for a few years now. And when he did play on the edge last year, he played 77.6 minutes. And four of those games were actually 80 minute games with the. One, the other one being the 68-minute game, and he averaged 41 points. So as the season got on, he was getting more points. He had a 51 and a 52 there. He did have a couple of low games with 31 and a 29. But again, he, he's a tackle-breaking beast. He like runs a beautiful line, I noticed, last year. 3.8 tackle breaks per game, 112 metres per game also, which is very nice for an edge. 25.4 tackles. Is capable of a missed tackle, so if he can get that out of his game, uh, he averaged four missed tackles per game last year and starting on the edge. So if he can sort of take those out of his game, like there's there's some extra points there. Oh, I think he's an obvious one to start with at his price of three nine nine. Yeah, he certainly is. And I think the thing we like about these Broncos players, as we now know, uh, we're recording this on the 5th of February, is that we'll have a split TLT, so TLT A, TLT B, and we'll get those first four teams. And if Pierre Kura is starting on an edge, look, maybe he's not going to average 45 plus. But if we can lock him in, at least he's one cheap player that will be there making cash for us. 100%. Another player that may not be as a certain because of a preseason injury and surgery is Fletcher Baker, 360k, break even of 26. So, shoot up players that have a profession or a trade as their surname tend to be quite good in fantasy. Is this <laughs> going to be the same for Baker this year? Oh, I think there's plenty of potential there with Baker, but uh, he's going to be coming off the bench. He'll be one to watch if there's injuries. Say Corey Jensen or someone got injured. He's definitely one to watch, but I'd don't quite know where he fits in with the likes of Xavier Willison, 
there's another young bloke on the come up as well. Uh, just his name's eluded me for a second. Ah, uh, Ben Takura. Takura, yep. Yep. So he's another giant. Yeah, I, I just don't know what Fletcher Baker's role is, but he's definitely one to watch throughout the season. I don't think you'll start with him at 360k. There's probably just a few better options that are going to raise their head. If, if he got a starting prop role with Corey Jensen or someone out, he's definitely one that's going to make you some money. Yeah, he certainly will be. Now, let's do a hypothetical here, Shooter. If Fletcher Baker is named to start round one, which you know, before this groin injury news came out seemed quite likely, is he someone that you'd look to try and fit in your team? Of course, keeping in mind we only get these four teams before the other 12 uh, a week later. I'd be actually very tempted to. Like, his average at starting prop isn't actually that great, but it was at the Roosters also. So his average starting at prop is 31.3, but I still think there'd be a bit of value there if he did get named to start round one. I, I don't like I wouldn't be rushing to, to fit him in, but here's someone I definitely would consider. He's got a he's got a great PPM, zero point eighty three starting at prop. So if he was going to get some great like some good minutes, why not? But I don't see how that fits in with other big minute middles as well. I guess it just depends on how they see the Flegler replacement working because Corey Jensen's probably a little bit more of that diesel engine that, you know, comes on, makes his tackles, gets his run meters, you know, does exactly what the team needs. Whereas I could see Fletcher Baker potentially being a little bit more dynamic like Flegler was. I mean, yeah. hopefully he doesn't inherit uh, Flegler's Sinbin percentage of 27% from last <laughs> year because uh, the, the Broncos did pretty well uh, to win as many games they did when they often spent uh, time with with 12 players on the pitch. But you did mention Xavier Willis in there, so we'll pivot to him now. He's 263K and break-even of 19. Showed us a fair bit of promise last year in some small stints, but do we see a bigger role for him in 2024? There was talk of him nabbing the starting spot, but then a few of the uh, training runs have shown Corey Jensen still starting. But he's got a PPM of 1.05 and a very small sample size and no big minute samples either. He's never played over 25 minutes of NRL. He is still fairly young, but he's six foot six, 114 kgs. I would, if he started, I'd be taking him. He looks a gun. I have heard a few people over here talk about when he played in the Waikato. He was a very, very good player, which of course is a long way from the NRL. But they always sort of touted him for big things, and I think he is sort of next up at the Broncos in their forward pack. So what you're saying is you could potentially replace your love interest, Nelson, I saw for Solomon, or as a player you'd pick every year? <laughs> yeah, definitely. He could He could definitely be some. If he gets a starting spot, I'll, it, you'd be stupid not to take him. There you go. Stick that quote on the wall, everyone. <laughs> if Xavier Willison starts, you'd be stupid not to start <laughs> with him. Look, I probably wouldn't go that far, but I do agree. Oh, no. If he was starting yeah. that... Yeah, you know, you would expect a 30-plus because what yeah. we saw from him last year is he's got that explosive play in it. And yeah. at sometimes with those cashies, they may not get massive minute rolls, but if they can do maybe one explosive play, you know, in the first three weeks of their scoring and then another one the next three, they could make 150K relatively quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that battle there for Flegler's replacement because probably whoever gets that, if it's not Corey Jensen, is probably going to have quite a fair bit of fantasy values. So we'll head into our last category, and that is our breakouts. The first one here we've got, Shooter, is Dean Mariner, 450k break, even of 33. He absolutely carved up in Q Cup last year, and he's absolutely rapid. Where do we see him fitting in this year? 
Well, the rumour is he's got that right wing locked up. He's got a he does have a nice average on the wing, but with only a three game sample size, so he's got a forty three point three average on the wing, and his highest score was actually sixty eight in sixty nine minutes. He would be a potential take. Everyone loves a winger outside Tony Staggs. He's just got a very small sample size, and he is a little bit expensive. Four hundred and fifty k does make him a little bit hard to fit in, but he has the dual centre wing. I wouldn't talk you out of him. Four point three tackle breaks per game, hundred nearly one hundred and fifty meters per game. He actually has quite a few kick meters as well. I don't know if that's from grubbers or or little chip and chases. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he he is one I would consider. Just his price is a little bit expensive. Hopefully his price you know, he has a couple of quiet games and drops a little bit because he, he could be a, a great pickup later on. Great yeah. draft option. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. In draft, you know, traditionally that 16th, 17th pick, if we're playing 8 or 10-team or league, is usually where you're going for your dual position winger fullback slash center so you can just cover you know one, one slot with those yep. two positions. Is he someone that would be very high on those dual positions that you'd be looking to take in that, say, pick 16 or 17? 100%, especially if he's playing on that wing with that average. Like, how do you, how do you not cons- like highly consider him? Yeah, because there'll be those options, you know, the Sean Russells, the Seb Chris's, the Tolo Coolers, who will go in and around that 16th to 17th slot. So if they all go, yeah, Mariner looks like he's going to be pretty good. Now, we've spoken about before with some of these other players where being in that first two matches that are played a week before the other six in round one is going to be advantage. With Mara, is it the opposite because we don't know how many cheapy winger fullbacks and centers, and thus we're probably actually going to let him go? Yeah, like, he, he is a tough one. His, his price definitely makes him a bit more difficult to consider, and especially with those split TLTs does make it a harder one to consider. So I, I would probably let him go that that round one, which could be a huge mistake also. You'd, you'd be taking a risk picking him up, I think, unless you could really fit him in. Yeah, absolutely, because we don't know what he's going to look like. And another thing as well, Shooter, if we really want to buy into a narrative, this Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star in Las Vegas, is apparently going to be a lot narrower than your traditional NRL ground. So potentially he might be in row B eating some popcorn instead of actually being on the pitch. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be very hard, I assume for wingers to score well it probably be a game more up the middle I'm thinking uh, like I don't know we're, we've never seen such narrow fields I don't think uh we're not in my time playing fantasy and to take it into consideration so I don't know it, it is very risky yeah it certainly is so maybe just one for your draft board there folks with Dean Mariner now that wraps up the players now should I want to spin back to Vegas and around that narrative around being a narrow field good for the middles if we're taking Payne Haas, is there merit for sticking the C on him in round one, even if we're taking Hines or Cleary? Now, I'll throw this at you for the certain reason in that, you know, we only get those four teams TLTs in the first week, so we have no idea what's happening afterwards. For week one, if we stuck the VC on, say, a Cheese or a Crichton or something like that and stuck it on Haas, you know, we'd probably expect he'll get anywhere between a 60 to 75, which is, you know, quite competitive. Even if we intend to pick Clines, Hines or Cleary is our captain from round two onwards. Do you think there's some merit in that first round, potentially looking at just captaining, uh, captaining Haas just to get the VC and the C out of the way? Like, I, I like where you're going with that. I'd, 
I think it's a very good option to consider. Playing in America as well, Payne Haas, I don't know, he'll want to showcase his talents to the world, I imagine. Might be looking for a big NFL contract one day. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what position he'd play. Maybe a big tight end or something. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that, putting the captain on him round one. You, you are going to get at least 120 points out of him with the captaincy. I, I don't think it would be a silly play. Yeah, the, the reason I suggest it, I'm not saying coaches should do it. I'm just saying that we may consider it because I know we saw last year with, with Hines, he was sort of a late out maybe about 10 days before that first TLT. There's nothing stopping that happening. And the other thing as well, shooters, with our centres, it's pretty uncertain as to whether we'll get any base price cashies in the centres or not. If we don't, I'm seeing a lot of teams out there with Hines and Cleary both in there, and it's essentially contingent on getting two base price centres. So there could yep. be some merit in just getting your VC and C out of the way, out of those first first games, and then, of course, reverting back to your Hines or Cleary. So yep. I want to consider there for coaches, but let's do a little accountability check before we get out of here. In terms of your current squad, how many Broncos have you got in it? I've just got Payne Haas. I'll just double-checked on a Pretty sure I've only got Payne Haas. Oh, I, I am currently... No, I don't. I've got Payne Haas, Brennan Piakura, and Jesse Arthurs. I, I probably won't play Jesse Arthurs, to be to be honest, but I've got him in my centres at the moment as a bit of a placeholder because centres seem to be the hardest position to, to fill at the moment. And I'm trying to stay away from having too many cheapies in my team. So I think Payne Haas and Brennan Piakura, if Piakura gets that edge starting, will be two locks. For my team, anyway, they haven't come out of my team all preseason yet, so that's a good good indication they're going to be there to start. Yeah, much the same for me. I, I think with Pierre you just got to take him, and if he's not that great, well, you fail with pack. And then with Haas again, we just spoke about that potential to maybe stick the C on him in round one just to get those two tiles out of the way, so we've got max flexibility come TLTB. But just quickly on Arthur's, where do we sort of track him at if he does end up on, say, the left wing? I don't see him scoring that highly. I think we'll be still looking at an average of around maybe 30, 35. Selwyn Cobbo looks like he's got the left centre spot. I don't know how often Selwyn Cobbo is going to pass the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can't. I'm sort of getting away from Jesse Arthurs. If he was playing on the right, I'd be more inclined to, to consider him. He did play very well on the left wing last year, not not from a fantasy perspective, but just from a from a game perspective. He played very well on the left wing last year, and he, I, in my mind, he jumped ahead of Corey Oates. But yeah, I think I think his ceiling is probably like a thirty five at the moment. Yeah, which is probably a bit of a hard ask when you're paying at least three hundred for him, and you know, probably having to start him if you're going to spend that much on him, but. That wraps up our preview of the Broncos for 2024. Now, Shooter, great effort in this one. What other teams are you previewing this preseason? I've got the Warriors. That, well, if you ask the boys, there might be a blooper reel coming out soon. <laughs> Which was recorded, but I've got to record again. I've got the Warriors. I've got the Eels with Andy. And I think that's me done for the preseason. Ah, and then the hooker position. Beautiful. So look out for those folks. Should will be very busy across the preseason. Now, if you have been enjoying the preseason content, be sure to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But thank you for joining us, and we'll talk soon again, team.